Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto. If we have any first-time visitors to this morning, please raise your hand. We'd like to give you a little token of our appreciation, a little bit of history about the church. Is there anyone here that's a first-time visitor? There we go. One pair right up here. Thank you. There are a few more announcements. As usual, bathroom is over here under the stairwell if you need it. You've got a friendship register on the end of each pew. We'd appreciate it if you'd sign in. And for visitors, if you'd give us your contact information, we'd appreciate it so that we can get in touch with you. The nursery is in the ministry center across the way. It's available for children up to six, six years old anytime during the service. If you need help, the ushers can help escort you over. There's some offering envelopes on the porch for those that haven't picked them up. Uh, you can pick those up after the service. For all of you uh, using this year's envelopes, please use this year's ones rather than the past because the numbers on them have changed and it will help Sam and his crew make sure that you get credit for your contributions. There are a few meetings this week you need to know about. CE committee will meet this morning, immediately after the service, over in the fellowship hall. Session will meet Tuesday at 5 o'clock in the fellowship hall. The worship committee will meet Wednesday morning, 11.15, in the fellowship hall. Building and grounds committee is going to meet at 9 o'clock on Saturday, weather permitting, not in the fellowship hall, but at the storage shed in the back parking lot to clean that out. The brunch bunch will meet at 11.45 today at the waterfront restaurant down on the beach. Everybody's welcome to join. Wednesday night, we've got a special event. The family night supper will be uh, prime rib, and that is provided by Briny Swine and its pit master, William Kalutz. And if you have a side dish or dessert or a salad, please bring it to add to the main entree. After that dinner, there will also be a meeting providing a, just an introduction and a history of this church. It's primarily aimed at visitors interested in joining the church, but it's available for anyone that's interested in learning a little bit more about the Presbyterian Church here on Edisto. Next Sunday, after worship, Vess <coughs> Kellett's going to be providing a little bit of training for folks that are serving as ushers. This is available both for current ushers and those who would like to learn what this contribution to our service is. You'll also see the flash uh, every Tuesday morning. Please read that. It's got a lot of good information about what's going on in our congregation. So now we'll begin our worship with the prelude.
Please stand and join me in the call to worship. Happy are those who worship the Lord and delight in God's precepts. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. They will never be moved. Let us pray. God of heaven and earth, you sent Jesus into this world not to abolish the law and prophets, but to fulfill them. Fulfill your purpose in us that your will may be done on earth as in heaven. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Please remain standing and we'll join in the hymn, I want to walk as a child of the light.
Please be seated. God in Christ has set a path before us, and with our words and our actions, we are called to follow. Yet how often do we wander off on our own or attempt to forge our own way ahead? Too often. In confession, we have the opportunity to redirect or be redirected by the one who gives us light and shows us the way. May we join our voices in confession together. Lord, we long to be salt of the earth and the light of the world. We long to live with such passion and purpose that our lives may be like a city on a hill resplendent in justice and righteousness for all the world to see. To that end, we confess our sins, even as we ask for your righteous judgment. We have worshipped you with our lips, but have dishonored you with our actions. We have prayed for you to end the suffering of the world, yet we have not always practiced compassion and generosity toward others. Our religion can become a source of quarreling rather than a testimony to your grace. Forgive us and give us integrity of heart that we may shine forth the light of your salvation through Christ our Lord. May we continue in silent confession. Amen. As you are able, please stand to hear these words of pardon. The psalmist says, The righteous will never be moved. Their hearts are firm and secure in the Lord. May your passion for justice and righteousness keep you near the heart of God. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear these words for the prayer of illumination. Let us pray. Lord, open our understanding by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the word is proclaimed, we may receive holy wisdom. 
to understand the gifts you have bestowed on us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Old Testament reading this morning is from the 58th chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 through 9a. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask me of righteous judgments. They want God on their side. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. You fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the fast I choose? to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. This is the word of the Lord. I'd like to invite any children to come forward. We're going to meet here at this communion table. You can find a seat here. Good morning. You guys still sleeping? Um, So you guys were given names, right? You guys each have a name. I have some names too. My given name is Ashley. Um, My last name is Sanders. What about you guys? You guys were given names, right? Ella. Reagan, Bethan, yeah, I knew those names. But. So, but we also have other names that we go by, right? So I know at least two people that call me mom. And I know a lot of people that call me Pastor Sanders or Reverend Sanders. Um, so we have a lot of different names that we go by, not just our given names. And as I was thinking about that and reading our scripture for today, I realized, you know, Jesus... He was given a name too. In fact, an angel of the Lord told Joseph and Mary what his name was going to be. What was, what was the name that was told? God, Jesus, right? That's his given name. But we call Jesus, God, a lot of different names. And um, there's so many that are listed in the Bible. Can you think of any of the other names in the Bible 
that we address God by? We sang one of them in our song just now, the Lamb, right? John the Baptist says, look, here comes the Lamb of God when he sees Jesus coming. Can you think of any other names in the Bible that we use for God or Jesus? Messiah? Yahweh? Christ, Emmanuel, that's right. Well, if you put on your listening ears in the text, Jesus also names himself a few things. And one of the things that Jesus calls himself, he says, I am the light of the world. What do you think he meant by that when he says, I am the light of the world? Did he want people to come up and start calling him, hey, Mr. Light? What do you think? I don't know. Think about that. Well, then it gets even more exciting because in the passage that we're going to read today from Matthew's gospel, Jesus calls somebody else the light of the world. Who do you think he calls the light of the world? Jesus. Well, Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah, but he calls other people the light of the world. Who do you think he might call? Joseph. Well, I want you to each... Pick a candle. Can you pick a candle? Okay, you can hold your candle. All right. Now, Jesus we know is the light of the world, so take your candle, and carefully, one at a time, can you light your candle from the center candle? Yeah? And you can put it back on the tray. There you go. You got it. Jesus says you are the light of the world. He calls all that follow him the light of the world. Now, I have a question. When you lit your candle showing that you're the light of the world, did this candle in the center diminish any? Did it go down? Did it take its light away? No. No, this, this candle is still burning just as brightly as it did before, but guess what? There are three other candles now that are burning. In fact, I'm going to light one too because Jesus calls me the light of the world. Now there are four other candles. And what happens when we have more candles lit? Do we have less light or more light? We have more light. That's exactly right. And that's the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us in the gospel. He says that when you follow me, when you obey the commandments in Scripture, and when you follow Jesus, we become like light to the world. We shine in the world in such a way that more people will see that light. And guess what? They might want to become light of the world, too, along with us. So that's pretty cool, right? So when you go home, if someone asks you at school or, or out in the community, what's your name, you can say, well, my name is Reagan, but I'm also the light of the world. <laughs> right? Let's have a prayer. Lord, thank you so much for sharing your light with us so that we may shine brightly as we point others to you and your goodness and your love. Help us to live our lives in such a way that we shine brightly. Amen. All right, for safety's sake, let's go ahead and blow our candles out. You can blow them out. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. Perfect. You can return to your pew.
In Matthew's gospel, Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to us, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we jump into this text, I want you to think back just several minutes ago to the reading that was shared from Isaiah. You can turn back in your bulletin and review those words if you find that helpful. For me, when I was approaching this text this week, it was hard not to also hear the words of the prophet Micah. Remember the passage that we read here last Sunday from chapter 6. It's so similar to the prophetic reading today from Isaiah chapter 58. And I wonder if that's not why the lectionary places them side by side on two consecutive Sundays with so many similarities in these passages. However, these two prophets, they each prophesied to a different place for a different people. Isaiah, who came from noble birth, he spoke more widely to the people of Jerusalem and largely to the nobility, to the leadership. His oracles began around 742 BCE when both the kingdoms of Israel, the northern and the southern, were still intact, yet both were already under rising threat of the empire to the north, Assyria. In the beginning of Isaiah's book, he issues warning after warning that in the looming danger of both foreign and domestic enemies, he says the people need to reclaim their identity, both in belief in words and in practice, how they live. Their identity of who they are as God's people, Isaiah says, is paramount to their livelihood. Both the outside and inside threats will seek to strip them of who they are. And they are children of God. They are servants of the Lord. 
So Isaiah harshly criticizes the leadership of Judah for not keeping the people of the kingdom on that right path, following the laws and ordinances of God, disregarding the way of God. Now, we know in history that in 721, the northern kingdom falls to Assyria. The people living there are taken away off into exile. Yet Isaiah continues to make his plea over and over to the leadership now of just Judah. But we also know that they follow the same fate. The southern kingdom falls to Babylon in 586. Most scholars believe that the second part of Isaiah's prophecy was written actually by a student or a later contemporary of Isaiah. And it's a response largely to the people's situation in exile. How does one make sense of their home being devastated, their family being deported, their lives being turned upside down? How do they continue to be God's people in a foreign, non-Jewish land? As the psalm says, how can we continue to sing the songs of our Lord in a foreign land. In 2nd Isaiah, the prophet brings hope and comfort to a struggling people to be sure. In this section, we have that beautiful imagery of the suffering servant, the one who is to come and bring redemption to God's people. Yet 2nd Isaiah does not give up his theme that blindness or dismissal of God's way is the cardinal sin. You can't declare who you are and then not be who you are. Now, Micah is considered a contemporary of Isaiah. He, too, was in the southern kingdom of Judah, but he's born to a lowly tree farmer. He's not of noble birth, and he speaks largely to the villagers there and not to the capital city of Jerusalem. He begins his oracles during the reign of King Jotham in Judah around the same time, more or less, that Isaiah does. And while he criticized the corruption of the capital city from afar and he prophesied that it will be their downfall, what he's more interested in is the way of the people there, right in his small village. Namely, he's concerned about their worship being pure and their actions They're living during the week, being extensions of their true and pure worship. So you see, Micah 2 builds on this theme of the importance of following God's way, living out God's way in word and in action. It's, as they both say, paramount to our livelihood, to our identity. So Micah speaks this message to the common people of Judah Isaiah speaks this message to the leadership, the government of Israel. And in the gospel, we also see today another prophet at another time and place adding his commentary about what it means to follow the way of God, both in word and in action. You've probably heard the twisted expression, do as I say, not as I do. This is an idiom that acknowledges that the speaker is being a hypocrite. The speaker is recognizing that his or her actions are not congruent with his or her words. 
I was surprised and I was convicted when I looked up this expression and I found where it could be traced back to. It first appeared in a work by John Selden called Table Talk, published in 1654. And the entire sentence says, preachers say, do as I say, not as I do. So a little kick in the gut for me. But a good lesson, always needed. Whether we are nobility, the leadership, the governing class of society, or the common people, the average Joe, whether we are the preachers or teachers or the listeners and learners, we all need to be reminded that proclaiming in word but not living in action makes us hypocrites. Christianity Today published research, it was just prior to the pandemic, a survey of why young people are disassociating with the church. It reported the top five reasons that Americans in the age bracket of 23 to 30 have left or do not attend a church. The number two reason they claimed is that church members seemed hypocritical. Do as I say, not as I do. This is why Isaiah gets all bent out of shape over this practice of fasting in the Old Testament that we read about today. You see, fasting was a common spiritual discipline in Judaism meant to help a believer humble oneself, connect with God, focus one's attention on God through maybe a historical important event like the Exodus. The Hebrew word for fast is psalm. I want you to try to say that, psalm. Psalm. You literally cannot say the word without closing your mouth. Psalm. And that's what the word means, to keep the mouth shut. Fasting was a time of prayer and penance, keeping one's mouth shut from sundown to sundown on fast days. But Isaiah says their fast has become a farce. It's being practiced, sort of, but he says even while people are observing some other people are being mistreated, abused, disregarded. Even while fasting, the Lord's way is being dismissed, exposing the phoniness of their fasting as just religious posturing. Isaiah speaks on behalf of God who says, this is not the fast that I choose. In fact, he says, open your mouths Go back and read. He says, shout it out. Rather than psalm, shout it out by your words and in your actions. Loosen those bonds of injustice. Feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Care for the poor. And in this way, you share God's true light. In this way, you claim 
who you are as a child of God. This morning we sang, I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. These are the words that we proclaim. In the gospel, Jesus calls us to be salt and light, to live in such a way that makes a difference. Being salt and light, we embody the way of God, living the law and the prophets, which Jesus says he came to fulfill. Being salt and light means we practice the righteousness of God, demonstrating mercy, forgiveness, and justice. Being salt and light means living the kingdom. Just as Micah cried out for, just as Isaiah yearned for, and we know how difficult it can and will be. And Jesus doesn't give us any breaks here. He doesn't let us off the hook. He says to be salt and light, our righteousness, the combination of integrity with our words and actions, our righteousness will need to exceed even that of those that we think of as the authority on this topic, those scribes and Pharisees. Because he says we have a lot of people out there saying, do as I say and not as I do. So the challenge for us in reading these texts, I think, is the work of self-discernment. In what ways am I being a hypocrite in my faith? And also, in what ways am I being true salt and light? Now, we could have a whole other sermon series on the images of salt and light and how they become models of ministry for us. But today, I just want to conclude with a focus on the fact that they are both very useful. Imagine our lives without salt or light. Just ponder those many uses that we have for them. Therefore, through our words and actions, how do we become useful to God as the people of God? Because what counts with God is not the religious sideshows that distance people from the real needs or sufferings of humanity, a religion that's all talk. No, I say give me a community of faith, a church, that doesn't let me get away with going through the motions, but will call out my own hypocrisy and confront me with the demands of the gospel. Because I want to be a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. There are useful, helpful, faith-filled ways that we do this, or we can just resign to ourselves and say, do as I say and not as I do. In affirming our faith each week, we essentially align ourselves, our belief in word, with the action that we proclaim that we will do when we leave this place. We align ourselves with God through the life, death, resurrection, and ministry of Jesus Christ. Not as 
hypocrites, but as believers and followers of the way. Let us be bold and stand together and say what it is we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Each and every one of us has received gifts of the Spirit for proclaiming the saving love of Christ and the great mystery of God. Through our words and actions, our prayers and offerings, our worship and service, we are called to reveal the reign of God on earth. Be light to the world. How will you fulfill this calling? How will you join this work? Let us bring now our offerings before the Lord.
Source of every good gift, we thank you for the light you shine in our lives. We praise you for the joy you bring to our hearts. Receive the gifts we bring before you this day, that they may loose the bonds of injustice, undo the thongs of the yoke, feed the hungry, let the oppressed go free. Bless this offering and the ministries it supports, that your light may chase away the shadows in places lost to hopelessness and despair. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our communion hymn is number 505. It can be found in your bulletin. Let us sing to the glory of God. may be seated. Friends, this is the worship God chooses to share bread with those who are hungry, to welcome those in need into a place of shelter to clothe the vulnerable with care, to reconcile the human family. This is the feast of salvation, where the needs of the world are met and the promises of God are fulfilled. People will come from north and south and from east and west to sit at the table in the kingdom of God. You too are welcome, for the table is prepared and you have been invited to come and worship in this way. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, God of majesty and splendor. By your power you created all that is, making a universe out of chaos and ruling over all things in love. Throughout the ages, you called your people to love and serve you, to be a light among the nations. When we failed you, you did not fail us, but sent prophets to call us back to your ways. We praise you that in the fullness of time, you revealed your love by sending your son, Jesus, to be the light of the world. He came to heal our brokenness and to set before us the way of justice and peace. 
Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and choirs in all places who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. You are holy, O God, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. He was born to dwell among us, full of grace and truth. In him we have seen your glory. He lived for you, spoke your truth, and showed your love. Lavished with gifts by the Magi, he gave his life for others. Baptized by John in the Jordan, he pours out his mercy for all. Turning water into wine at a wedding, he transforms sorrow into joy. In his death on the cross, he overcame death. And rising from the tomb, he raised us to eternal life and made a new covenant with us. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry, in every time and place. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Friends, indeed, we give thanks that on the night that Jesus sat with his friends at table, he took the bread and blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat. And then after supper, he took the cup and pouring it out said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink and do this in remembrance of me. And so today, as his disciples, we take this bread and we take this cup and we remember the saving death of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. For indeed, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Come and be fed.
We give you thanks for sharing the sacrament. Go in peace.
Christ's word has been fulfilled. Go in peace. Let us pray. Lord, you have shown us that true worship leads us from reflection to action. You call us to raise our voices, to open our mouths and shine our light as people of justice, mercy, and peace. You have fed us and empowered us for this task. So send us to the world, ready to take your worship out of these doors, being gracious and merciful as your Son has shown us. We lift our voices now together in saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May we stand now together as we sing our final hymn, Arise, Your Light Has Come.
Friends, let your light shine before others that they may see works of goodness and give glory to God. Go now in the love, grace, and companionship of Jesus, Father, and Spirit. Amen.